Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Thank you and welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. I am Morgan Brian Birch, age 11 and a half, and currently in sunny L.A. And today we will be talking about, with Richard Boddington, Against the Wild Number 2, Surviving the Serengeti, A Beautiful Planet, Captain America Civil War, Lily's Drifted Bay, Max and Mo- Molly, and The Man Who Knew Infinity. So how are you today, Richard Boddington? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for inviting me on your show. Well, thank you for coming. So where are you from and where do you live now? I'm originally from the United Kingdom and right now I live in Ontario, Canada. Oh, wow. You're in Canada. That's cool. That's really awesome. I mean, Canada's snowy. How did you become involved in Against the Wild Number 2, Surviving the Serengeti? Well, I wrote and directed and produced and edited the original Against the Wild. And that was a very successful film. So I went back to the distributors and said, let's do a sequel. This one's going to be set in Africa. And they said, we love it. Let's shoot it. Well, that's awesome. That's a lot of jobs. So kudos to you. Now, what was it like shooting in the Serengeti? Was it like fun or harsh? Well, a little thing I should say first off is that we might have not quite been in the Serengeti per se. (laughs) Oh, where were you shooting? We were shooting in South Africa, which is too far south to be in the Serengeti. The Serengeti is primarily in Tanzania and a little bit more of equatorial Africa. What happens, of course, I mean, the, the, it's a work of fiction. And so uh, I, I just I just like the alliteration and the title, Survive the Serengeti. Yeah. And I certainly figured, well, we're going to be using many of the animals that you find on the Serengeti. We're going to be having vast open plains that also exist in South Africa. But uh, it's not technically the Serengeti. Uh, was Was it hot over there or what was the climate like? Well, because we're in the southern hemisphere, the seasons are inverse. So when it's freezing cold, you know, winter here in in Canada, of course, you haven't got a winter in Los Angeles. uh, It's boiling hot in South Africa and then vice versa. So I shot in May, which is a beautiful time of the year. It's not super hot, not super cold. Uh, I was there in July and August the year previously. Temperatures can dip down and get quite chilly in July and August in South Africa, especially at night. And then in November, December, January, it's going to be up over 100 degrees every day. Wow. Our shooting typically would have been about 75 to 82 degrees every day. Uh, as the shoot went on and we got closer, things uh, away from the summer, things would some days would be quite hot. Even with sunscreen on, you could really feel the sun penetrating through that and, you know, burning your skin. Sun is definitely a factor. Yeah, but I very- understand that. Definitely here sitting at California's thing. <laughs> anyway, this film has amazing animal shots, and I, for one, am an animal lover. So, yeah. What made you decide to use real animals instead of the new industrial industry standard computer graphics? Well, first off, to get a believable animal made by a, uh, an animation company that does computer-generated animals would be extraordinarily expensive. We'd be talking about tens of millions of dollars. Even after you've gone through that process, quite frankly, you can still tell it's a fake animal. No one has, to my mind made a photorealistic animal that you couldn't tell was not computer generated Uh, probably the best work ever done was done in life of pi by a company named rhythm and hughes Uh, the animal work in that movie is probably the best that's ever been achieved but it's still not as good as a real animal shot in camera in its natural habitat which is how i work both against the wild films use only 
real animals. People said to me after they watched the first one, you mean that's a real 1,800-pound grizzly bear in that shot with those kids? I said, yes, absolutely. Uh, Well, that is just simply amazing. And yes, I definitely understand what you're saying. I saw Life of Pi as well. And I was like, those are so cool, but it's just not the same. I can definitely see that and tell what you're saying. And I loved the elephant. Was it a boy or a girl? And was it easy to work with? Elephants are super, super, super intelligent. Uh, All of the elephants in this movie have upwards of 20 years of professional training on them. Uh, They respond perfectly to voice commands. Uh, Move left, move right, swing left, swing right, down, up. That's all the trainer has to say. They are super wow. intelligent. They are super intelligent animals. I could do a whole segment just on elephants. Uh, they, there's actually four different elephants that play the character of Rumba in the movie. Well, they all look pretty much the same, so I really think that's a good job of picking elephants for sure. Yeah. And wow, I did not know that. I actually did not know that about them. And I actually got to interview Ang Lee as well, so that was really fun. You got to interview who, sorry? I got to interview Ang Lee for Life of Pi. Oh. Oh, wow. Neat. Very good. Excellent. I know, right? And actually, they do. one of the number one rules in Hollywood is they say, do not work with kids or animals. What made you want to do both of these at the same time? It's my specialty now. I'm the one guy that does it. So as I keep telling people, you know, the great thing about kids is they'll never bring the script to you and say, Richard, I need a rewrite on this scene. Adult actors will. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions in the Voice America Kids Network. Today we're talking about Richard Boddington against the wild number two surviving the Serengeti, a beautiful planet, Captain America, Civil War, Lily's Drifted Bay, Mac and Moxie, and The Man Who Knew Infinity. And let's continue with our edder- interview with Richard Boddington against the Wild, number two, surviving the Serengeti. So, this, what was your most difficult part about filming and making this movie? Well, the number one enemy of any film director is time. That is your greatest enemy. It's extraordinarily expensive to make a movie. Imagine being out on the African bushveld. You've got 20 different trucks and you've got 75 people. And every hour that you're out there is costing a huge amount of money. So there are actually two days on set where we were rushing like mad to get the final shots in. And just as I said, cut, that's a wrap, the sun dipped behind the horizon and was gone. And so that's how close sometimes you are working outside. I mean, you, there are no giant lights that you can use to replace the sun and, um, you know, in this type of environment. So time is always the most difficult part. And this time of the year in southern Africa, Mother Africa shuts off the lights at 530 sharp every single day. And that's it. You have nothing else. <laughs> well, then you better wake up early, I'd say. Yeah. So you just made it. So good. That's a good job. What was your favorite scene in Against the Wild number two, Surviving the Serengeti, to film or watch? Well, my favorite scene is when the kids work together to build two fires to defend themselves from the lion. And they, they, they work together building this fire, these two fires. And one of the parts in there is the the young boy he comes across some mud and he puts it on his face like war paint. And yeah, he, I saw that scene. I thought that was really funny. And he's like, back off. Yeah, then he, he goes back to his sister. And of course, she's quite perplexed by the whole thing. And the funny thing about that scene is uh, when I originally wrote it, I thought, oh, I might cut this out. And then the day we were scheduled to shoot it, I thought, oh, I don't even know if I want to shoot this now. I might not use it. I thought, I'm going to shoot it anyway. I shot it, cut it all together. The composer wrote a beautiful score 
for that whole section and it ended up being my most favorite favorite part of the whole movie yeah and he definitely did become brave but actually that kind of scared me a little bit so i was like no like while they were say trying to save themselves from the animals i was like you're gonna burn the savannah don't do that don't do that you're gonna start a brush fire so that worried me a little bit but it was a good scene and actually did you use real fire when you did it or was that um graphics no no it's all real fire in camera but it's really quite safe Uh, what you need to understand is when we're when you're seeing a, a movie fire what's underneath the the wood is a gas ring and that Uh, gas ring is is actually what is producing the fire the reason we do that is because when you're shooting with fire you have to have the same light intensity as you change the angles and the coverage on the different actors and so off camera there's a guy with a tank feeding those fires and he can raise and lower them exactly to the right height and the right intensity and it's all and it's very contained there's no chance that it would actually start a, a bushfire uh, very, it's would, would it would be impossible. And so, so many of the nights that we were out there, there'd be a short rainstorm. The savanna is quite wet, even though you can't see the moisture. So even trying to set it on fire would have been uh, been impossible that time of the year, anyway. Well, thank goodness, thank goodness. Now, did the actors get to meet all the animals? Well, they're in the scenes with with pretty much all of them. Uh, as you saw, I mean, they they work very closely with the elephants. Uh, there's no barriers between them, no cables, fences, nothing. Uh, there's trainers standing off outside of camera to give instructions to the animals. They work up close with all the animals in the movie. You know, they they rode around on the elephants several times. I mean, we'd be out shooting, and then we'd say, "Okay, it's cool. we're going back to base." So the kids would just hop on the elephant and ride back to base. They're very very intimately involved with all the animals. Uh, in the film and I think that part of the charm of the movie is the very close interactions between the kids and the animals darn I'm so jealous plus you did that with no green screen so wow that is really cool yeah I definitely love that now um thank you so much for talking to me I had a pleasure talking to you and hopefully I'll talk to you soon and I loved the movie I loved the movie I'm so glad you liked it, Morgan, and I hope that uh, all the kids in America will get a chance to enjoy it. Yes, I'm sure they will, especially because there's cute animals. Okay. So, let's take a break. I'm Morgan Brian Birch, age 11 and a half, currently in Sunny LA, and today you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. 
This year's Kids First Film Critics Search Campaign launches September 1st and runs through the end of November. Kids ages 6 to 14 can enter for a chance to compete for eight coveted slots as Kids First Film Critics. To enter, kids need to submit a videotaped review of one of the official search campaign films or DVDs. Public voting determines the 20 finalists, and a panel of celebrity judges determines the winners. Last year, more than 11 million votes were cast for fewer than 100 contestants. To date, some of the exciting assignments covered by the Kids First film critics include a week-long film critics boot camp at the Walt Disney Studios, the red carpet premiere of Winnie the Pooh, sneak preview coverage of films like Cars 2, Judy Moody, and The Not Bummer Summer, with coverage on AOL Kids, Voice America Kids, and Working Mother. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org or on the Kids First Facebook page. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org or the Kids First Facebook page. And hurry, you only have until the end of November to enter. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at VoiceAmericaTRN. are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Brianna Hope Beaton, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We just finished speaking to Richard Boddington from Against the Wild to Survive the Serengeti. And we are talking about A Beautiful Planet, Captain America Civil War, Lily's Driftwood Bay, Mac and Moxie, and The Man Who Knew Infinity. So right now we are speaking with 14-year-old Kayla, and she's from Cali, about A Beautiful Planet. So Kayla, can you please tell me a little bit about of what you thought about this film? I thought this film was spectacular because it's about the, our planet Earth and we have a pretty amazing planet. And I, when I was looking on IMDb, I saw that Jennifer Lawrence was, was doing the narration for this film. So how was that hearing her and not seeing her? Because, you know, almost in all the things that, we, that, that she's in, we see her and, and not just hear her. It was actually really cool act her, with her narrating this film because it, it was different, unlike other movies, and also her narrating it made it so much more inviting and more exciting about the whole film. Mm-hmm. And I, okay, so I saw her, of course, in, in The Hunger Games and in some of her other films, and I do think that she she can totally branch out into narrating and voiceovers and, and many different other things. But since this is a documentary, how do you, do you think, I sometimes find documentaries to be very boring if, if you're not very interested in what they're talking about. So did you find it very interesting or did you find it boring since it was just a few, a handful of characters or a handful of people in it? I actually found it very interesting because I'm just like you. I sometimes find documentaries very boring, but this was actually very different and it was really exciting learning all these new things about our planet and especially with Jennifer Lawrence narrating it she's one of my favorite people ever and it was just an amazing film Mm -hmm. and what you know you said you learned a few things about this film I mean not about this film but about our earth and and the things around our earth what are some of the things that stood out to you most of what you learned some of the things that stood out to me and what I learned more about is that you could actually see a lot of the wear and tear that us humans have put on this earth and who would have thought that one little thing can make such a big impact 
Definitely. I, I have conversations with my parents all, all the time about like how we are putting so much, as you said, like wear and tear on our earth. And we're like, oh, yeah, we can do all of this. And we get so busy in our own personal lives and in the, in the lives of others that when we take a step back and and definitely see this film because films and, and visual aspects are often what gets us to think about what you know, what actions we have taken. So when we do see this film and when we do see films like it, it's like, whoa, I know what I'm doing now. And I think it makes us a little bit more conscious about the next time we do something different than that. I did see a clip of this film. I didn't see the entire film, but I did see a clip of this film where they were talking about lightning and thunderstorms and when you're out in space and you see everything around it. Do you think that this film has given you a different different perspective on Earth? Yes, it definitely has. And in the film, it showed the different storms that went on during Earth and from our perspective yeah the storms look scary and aren't fun but from space it's actually really beautiful and surprisingly there's actually storms happening more at different places at the exact same time yeah i for some reason i didn't think of that i thought that it would be like when our storm is happening nothing else is happening and i don't know why i would think that or why i would assume that but when our storm's happening or when our thunderstorm's happening, nothing else is happening. But as they described it, it's like, oh my gosh, it looks like a light show. It looks like fireworks everywhere because it's like, this is lighting up and so is that. And and it's crazy to to look at the earth from a different perspective because we always see it because we're on the ground. So we don't really see the whole entire picture. So do you think that people that aren't really into, into looking at the earth or, you know, earth things or space things, do you think that they can still uh, connect with and enjoy this film? Yes, definitely. Because I'm actually one of those people who's not always interested in learning about the earth. But when I saw this movie, I, I had a completely different perspective on our planet and it was so interesting and I actually want to learn a lot more about Earth. I love when that happens. I love when I see um, I see documentaries and I'm not really into it, but I love learning new things and I like when you can just sit down and watch it and not have to do anything. You can just absorb the information they're giving to you and you learn new things and you become very interested in what they want you to do and, and it's very interesting to see and I, you know, I'll definitely be seeing this film because I've grown into, I've seen a lot of Earth films and a lot of things that have to do with global warming and, and different thunderstorms. And it, it just makes you a little bit more aware of, of what's around us. And, it, and I think it gives us, gives us more initiative. Kayla, how many stars do you give this film? I give this film four out of five stars. Okay, well, thank you. I'm glad that you love this film. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. And today we have just talked about a beautiful planet. And we are now going to talk about Captain America Civil War and later on Lily's Driftwood Bay, Mac and Moxie and the man who never who knew infinity. So right now we are speaking with 17 year old Harmony from San Jose about Captain America Civil War, which I absolutely adored. So Harmony, can you please talk all about what you thought about this film yeah so i thought it was a great um sequel for the other captain america films it definitely leaves more room for other ones uh it was action-packed and was really engaging and the fighting scenes were really engaging because it was with other superheroes rather than a villain so you actually have a hard time choosing who you're rooting for so that's like engaging for the audience as well and i thought the special effects were tremendous and very 
entertaining overall. It seems like you liked it very overall and type of way. Sorry, back to the fighting scenes. I I absolutely love the fighting scenes, but I did I did think it very intriguing to put heroes against heroes because it was like usually when it's heroes against villains you're like okay well obviously the hero is not supposed to win and you need you know the hero needs to win and the villain is not supposed to win but now you're like I don't know what side to pick and oftentimes I switch from one side to the other often because I was like I don't know so I'm just gonna keep switching and I'll go for the person who wins so (laughs) Harmony what did you think about the movement of it because it did go very fast and it did go well it was like really really fast and then slow down and then really really fast and then slow down so how did you think the pacing of this film went oh good question because this yeah it was like a roller coaster ride at times I would say it's pretty hard to follow in the slow scenes and you're just waiting for the fast scenes to come you know it's it felt pretty long it was kind of hard to sit through but then when the fast moments come it was really engaging and it wasn't like the basic typical fight not too many explosions to like bore you from the quality of the heroes and their powers and stuff so the fighting scenes when they actually came were pretty interesting for someone like me who doesn't really who isn't a giant fan of you know the action movies and battle scenes but I thought it was pretty it was pretty unique to see all the different Marvel characters shine in their own way with their own powers and you can see how each of them are super different and how they use their own power you know and yeah I, th- I think that was definitely something that I enjoyed every over the course of their fight scenes and or, or over the course of their of their time that they fought and the time that they showed their power everything was individualized everything was like yeah. well this is this power and this is this is their their time to shine and this is their time to shine and everything was very sectioned off but it, it was also put together but I do agree that like the moments that weren't fighting I barely remember what happened yeah (laughs) it was so it was so chopped up like I I do admit it was a very good film and I liked it but Mm -hmm. the moments that it's like they were just talking about what they wanted to do I was like I really don't feel like I don't understand what's going on and since I haven't seen the earlier films I didn't quite understand well not all of the earlier films but I saw one or two so I, I knew who some of the people were but I was like I can't really remember what this is, but then the action came on. I was like, yeah, go the fighting and the black widow and witching. And anyway, so who was your favorite character? Oh man. Now I have to think about all of them. <laughs> favorite character. Okay. I'd say Ant-Man just cause he was funny, but not like too cheesy. Mm-hmm. You know, like there was a Spider-Man kid. He was kind of cheesy at times. He was funny, but I think Ant-Man was just like, didn't, he wasn't as serious as the other ones, so it was pretty funny watching him. <laughs> yeah, it was nice, especially that big, one of the big fight scenes that they were in with Ant-Man and Spider-Man and, and the rest of the Avengers and fighting against each other. But a lot of people say, because I didn't see Ant-Man's film, like his own film, oh, so I didn't get to see yeah. that. But they said that his performance in this film was a lot better than the entirety of that film. And I was like, oh, interesting. Because he seemed very, it was like very casual and very realistic and very like, I'm just going to say what I want. And I really don't care. People think I'm weird. I'm just going to say it. And he was very, he was very humorous and very real. But I would have to say my favorite character is Spider-Man because I love Spider-Man to the T. I adore him so much. So I will be looking forward to um, anything else that he comes out with Spider-Man, which 
which I believe he's coming out with another thing, I believe, but I will definitely look for that. So how many stars do you give this film, Harmony? I gave it three and a half out of five stars. <laughs> well, Harmony, thank you so much for talking with us and telling us all about Captain America's Civil War. Thanks for having me. So let's take a break. I'm Brianna Hope Beaton. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's sponsor is Mac and Moxie from N-Circle Entertainment. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. To become a Kids First Film Critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. This year's Kids First Film Critics Search Campaign launches September 1st and runs through the end of November. Kids ages 6 to 14 can enter for a chance to compete for eight coveted slots as Kids First Film Critics. To enter, kids need to submit a videotaped review of one of the official search campaign films or DVDs. Public voting determines the 20 finalists and a panel of celebrity judges determines the winners. Last year, more than 11 million votes were cast for fewer than 100 contestants. To date, some of the exciting assignments covered by the Kids First Film Critics include a week-long film critics boot camp at the Walt Disney Studios, the red carpet premiere of Winnie the Pooh, sneak preview coverage of films like Cars 2, Judy Moody, and The Not Bummer Summer, with coverage on AOL Kids, Voice America Kids, and Working Mother. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org or on the Kids First Facebook page. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org or the Kids First Facebook page. And hurry, you only have until the end of November to enter. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel Shh, turn off your phone another movie review is coming up hey welcome back i'm brianna hope beats and you're listening to kids first coming attractions we just finished speaking to harmony about captain america civil war and we are now talking about again captain america civil war and later on, we'll be talking about Mac and Moxie and the man who knew Infinity. So right now, we are speaking with 17-year-old Brandon from Miami and 11-year-old Kamai from Atlanta. And this is his first time on the radio show and my first time interviewing him. So hello to both of you. Uh, let's start off with Brandon. How did you like this film, Brandon? I think that 
this is by far the best Marvel movie I've ever seen. And this is this is truly this is honest opinion because I've seen I've seen practically every single Marvel movie and by far they hit the nail on everything. Technically great. The camera shots were great. The storyline was rich with detail and it just felt like a great movie. And not only did it, you know, do a great job in being a movie, but it also, you know, it moved the plot of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, yeah. I'm glad you liked it. I I unfortunately only saw, I think, Captain Cap- America Winter Soldier and I saw Avengers Age of Ultron. And I think that's it for my Marvel movies. But after seeing this film, I was like, well, now I have to get into Marvel, like really into Marvel because... Oh, man, you're missing just- out. I know, I know. Everyone's everyone keeps telling me that, like, no, you have to watch it. So <laughs> over the summer, that's all I'll be doing. I'll just be watching movies and um, reviewing them. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> so Kamai, how did you like this film? I really liked it because there's tons of action-packed adventure included in the movie. Also, there's good special effects, and it was really funny. I'm glad you liked it. So everyone, everyone that's seen this film, and I'm saying everyone and their mother has seen this film. So everyone that has seen this film and has talked to me about it, they were talking about the action scenes and how it's so awesome and great and fabulous. So Kamai, how did you think the action scenes went? Because they were action-packed and, and intensified. Well, they were really fast. And sometimes it went slow and fast and the conversations were really long, so you would just get bored. But when the fighting began, it started to get interesting and you would you were more entertained to the movie. Well, and Brandon, I feel like I need to ask I need to ask you the progress of this film kind of question because I feel like not progress, but the pace of this film and the pacing of how, you know, the normal scenes and the calm scenes against the fighting scenes because I feel like you would have a a different answer than Harmony. So do you think that it was too chopped up or do you think that it went smoothly? Well, they did a great job as far as the great battles go. I'm not going to spoil the, you know, what the battles were and stuff like that, but it was like, you know, small because the intro, because that's usually the case, especially with a big Marvel movie. They did that with age of Ultron. They're doing it with this movie kind of small. Then you have a buildup of the story and buildup of the dialogue, which is essential because you can't have fight scene, fight scene, fight scene, fight scene, you know, but so they have the they have the dialogue. Then they have this humongous fight scene. Then you know dialogue to kind of piece it together, and then they bring it home with a very good solid fight scene. I yeah. think that's a great formula to have in a movie like this because you need the you know the text, the dialogue for these fight scenes, and you need it to advance the plot. So I think they did a marvelous job. Uh, no pun intended, but um, bum. As far as as far as moving the plot and stuff, uh, I just want to let you know if you didn't say no pun intended, I wouldn't have caught it. I'd be like, oh, that's great. Okay, next question. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad I'm glad that you can word your anyway. Um, so Kamai, um, I really enjoyed this film and it will definitely keep me watching other Marvel films um, before and after this film because it was it was just really good uh, marvelous Ed Brandon would say anyway so um, do you think that if you didn't see any other Marvel film which I, I need to say that my dad did not see any other Marvel film and he went into this film completely blind not knowing what it would be um, do you think that without the 
previous knowledge or prior knowledge of the other Marvel films that you can still understand this? No, I wouldn't be able to understand it without seeing the other previous Marvel films because you wouldn't know who the characters are, if they're good or bad, what are their powers, and yeah, that. I talked to my dad after this film, and I was like, hey, so did you like it? And he was like, yeah, it was very action-y, but that was pretty much all I liked. And I was like, oh, why? And he was like, I didn't know who anyone was. And I think it's kind of sad, because my dad took me to it, and then he didn't understand. So, guys, I just want to let you know, you should definitely see at least three of the Marvel films to understand what's going on because there are so many characters and so many different things that are going on that you need to understand. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network and today we are talking about Captain America Civil War, Mac and Moxie, and the man who knew Infinity. So right now, let's continue speaking with Brendan and Kamai about Captain America Civil War and we were just talking about how it would be wise to see uh, previous Marvel films and previous Avenger films to kind of understand understand this film a lot better so brandon i heard you talking about the cgi and, and different visual effects can you please expand on what you thought of that as far as the te- technical aspects of the movie as far as the cgi and stuff like that there was more i guess real looking cgi because there wasn't a grand scale of things there wasn't uh, like hundreds uh, or thousands of faceless villains for for example in age of ultron and the original avengers i think that when they use the cgi for the explosions and whatnot it felt more real that was the that was the really big thing that i felt about this movie there was so much there was too it was too real at times because of everything from the fight scenes to the characters to even the cgi that they used a lot of real looking or real characters so yeah, that's part of it, yeah. So, Kamai, do you think, um, is there anything else other than the intensity um, and the bit of profanity that you would like to let parents know before letting their younger child see it? Well, yes, I think they should know that there are really sad parts, there are deaths, and also there are scary parts in the scenes, in some scenes. Mm-hmm, and... You know, was there one particular moment that it was like really, really intense and very, very, um, very, very scary? Yes, where they found a body in the bathtub. Oh, true. Oh, true. I just remember that. Okay, that's true. <laughs> Brandon, since this film is very extravagant, I would say in in my words, uh, very extravagant and and very all over the place in some aspects. Do you think that it's too much? That, that that's interesting. Yeah, that's an interesting question because now that I think about it. It is a movie, and it is mainly it's made. It's a Captain America movie. It's not the Avengers Civil War. But then again, it, they expanded. I believe that they expanded to about two hours or two hours and thirty minutes. Yeah. So to kind of make to kind of stretch it out, I don't think so because as far as the comics, because this is based on a uh, comic book storyline, Civil War, and it spans for far too long, uh, spans far longer than what the movie covers. But yeah. what the comic book uh, covers, they kind of, they, they take that and they put it into a movie and it's understandable that you have to make it longer and you have to include all these characters because it is in fact a civil war. It's a war 
between heroes, between the Captain Captain America's group and Iron Man's group. So you need, you know, everything from all from the different battles to the dialogue to be able to tell this story. So could they be pushing it? Maybe, but I think they did a great job as far as kind of covering everything. Yeah, and I think it's nice to know that that since it's a civil war obviously based off comics and the comics are very extensive and very long it would it would have been nice to walk into the movie theater knowing that because i mean i guess i knew it but it wasn't really on my mind and knowing that the comics are a lot longer and turning comic very long comics into a film there would be some moments where I'm like, wow, this is a really long film. Because the last maybe 15, 20 minutes, I was like, ooh, I was getting restless because I was like, wow, it's been two hours. I've sat in this chair for two hours watching this movie. And it was a great movie. I really did like it. But I think, in my personal opinion, that it went a bit too long and it was a bit too much because as you said before, it is Captain America. It's not the entire Avengers. It wasn't focused on every single person, but I think focusing on every single person would have made it a lot longer. So Kamai, how many stars do you give this film? I give it five out of five stars because it was fun, adventurous, hilarious, and entertaining. <laughs> and who's your favorite character, Kamai? My fa- favorite character was Tony Stark. Or Iron Man. Well, Brandon and Kamai, thank you so much for talking with us today and telling us all about Captain America Civil War. Thanks for having us. Captain America Civil War is in theaters now, so please check it out if you have not already. Let's take a break. I'm Brianna Hope Beaton, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Mac and Moxie from N-Circle Entertainment. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. To become a Kids First Film Critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. This year's Kids First Film Critics Search Campaign launches September 1st and runs through the end of November. Kids ages 6 to 14 can enter for a chance to compete for eight coveted slots as Kids First Film Critics. To enter, kids need to submit a videotaped review of one of the official search campaign films or DVDs. 
Public voting determines the 20 finalists, and a panel of celebrity judges determines the winners. Last year, more than 11 million votes were cast for fewer than 100 contestants. To date, some of the exciting assignments covered by the Kids First film critics include a week-long film critics boot camp at the Walt Disney Studios, the red carpet premiere of Winnie the Pooh, sneak preview coverage of films like Cars 2, Judy Moody, and The Not Bummer Summer, with coverage on AOL Kids, Voice America Kids, and Working Mother. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org or on the Kids First Facebook page. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org or the Kids First Facebook page. And hurry, you only have until the end of November to enter. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Morgan Brian Birch, age 11 and a half, today in sunny L.A., and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about Richard Boddington against the wild number two surviving the Serengeti, a beautiful planet, Captain America's Civil War, and now we're going to be talking about the man who knew Infinity. So how are you today, Miss Lainey Anderson, who's, number, who's 14? <laughs> and where are you from? Oh, I'm from Colorado. Oh, me too. Oh, really? Yes, I am. So, I was born there. So, are you good at math? At math? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, this this movie is about math, so no, I didn't really understand all the stuff from this movie, but I did enjoy it. I'm with you there, girl. I'm with you there. <laughs> so, can you pronounce his name? Because I, like, I'm just like, oh. wow. Well, I mean, in the video, I just pronounced it Sereni Vasa Ramanujan. I'm pretty sure that's kind of correct so i know this is based off of a book do you want to read the book or have you read the book no i haven't read it well but i think it may be interesting to read well after seeing the movie um do you want to see do you want to read the book well i don't know if i'd want to read a book because i'm not like a book lover or whatever but i do think that the book may be interesting but i really did enjoy the movie I, i i can see what you're saying now, did you like? Did it make you want to like do math and make you like math more? Well, it made me appreciate people who, who are mathematicians out there. It made me like go, "Wow, how do you know all this stuff?" But it didn't make me want to like do more because the stuff that he was trying to figure out was crazy. How was Deb Patel in the movie? Well, he was just trying to figure out a lot of formulas. In the movie, it didn't exactly tell us what the formulas were, but there were a lot of different mathematical formulas that he was getting intellectually and by meditating in his sleep, which was really interesting. Oh, that is really interesting. So what do you think of the costumes well, to take place in World War One? Yeah, so since this did take place in World War One, I, I actually think that the costumes are pretty good, especially because it also, well, at first it took place in India and then at Trinity College in Cambridge when he, when he like moved over there to do math stuff with the professors from the Trinity College, and I thought that the costumes were really, well, I thought they fit the time period definitely, and you know, like in India and then. In Cambridge. That does make sense. What do you think of all the different scenery 
and the cinematography. I thought that the scenery was really well thought out, especially when they were in India, like at the very beginning of the movie and then like a little bit at the end. And the first scene that I saw, or I'm not sure it's the first scene, but one of the first scenes in the movie was like where he used to live before he moved to Cambridge. And it was like living like really close together. Like, and he was living with his wife and mom. And I thought that scene was really well thought out. So, um, who was your favorite character? Well, my favorite character was Ramanujan because he was, I don't know, he, he was just so likable. He, like a friend that you'd want to have or something like that, or meet. Because I feel like, well, he's so smart and stuff, and yet in the movie, he's really nice and, like, caring for other people, which I think is really sweet. That's always good to be caring and everything, because those are great qualities <laughs> I all think everybody should have. Now, what do you think of the hair and makeup? Well, I don't know. I didn't really pay attention that much about the hair and makeup, but I think overall it definitely fit the time period. Yeah, I can understand that. Now, did you learn anything? Like, I guess, like, intellectually, like how he received the mathematical formulas intellectually, I thought that was really interesting. And I guess I learned that, he, like, people are able to, like, do math without just, like, a pen and, like, a pencil and paper and instead they can like it just like comes to them that's what he said in the movie like it comes to me yeah that does make a lot of sense and i understand that totally and completely i mean this would definitely give me more perspective so he was gifted is what you're saying yes i say he he was very gifted he was super smart and the professors at trinity college were kind of like jealous of him almost because he was indian so they were prejudiced against him and they were also kind of like jealous just because of how smart he was and they were just like well you're really young you're like 25 and i'm like i don't know like they were way older than him and they were like white or whatever and and i guess they were just prejudiced and jealous that he knew what he knew like he was so smart yes that makes sense you're listening to kids first coming attractions of the voice america kids network today we're talking about richard waddington against the wild number two surviving the serengeti a beautiful planet captain america civil war and the man who knew infinity and right now i am talking to laney anderson about the man who knew infinity so um I know it's actually kind of scary, and this would give me more appreciation because computers actually all run on numbers, and if anyone finds the right number combination, our world would like end because of atomic bombs and everything, they find the codes for those as we know it, and because there is a number code which ha- will hack into everybody's computer in the world. So, do you think this would be the guy to do it? Well, I'd say he's more coming up with formulas, and again, it was in World War One, so... I don't really know. Well, I don't know. Did they use computers then? I don't even know. Anyways, but I feel like he's not like a coder or whatever, but I feel like he could come up with some of that. But he, he mostly just stayed on the, well, he mostly just figured out the mathematical formulas. Okay, that makes sense. Now, have you ever seen any shows like Numbers or A Beautiful Mind, which was a movie that kind of reminded you of this or just reminded you of them? Well, I mean, he's super smart, so I guess I could kind of relate to the the movie called, wait, The Imitation Game, I'm pretty sure. Like, the guy who, you know, like, you were talking about, like, coding or whatever. Like, oh, yeah. I saw that yeah. one movie. Uh-huh. I, I can see that, because he was definitely like that, trying to hack into the uh, Nazis and all that. Uh-huh. I'd say it's not really similar, but in ways, it's really similar. Yeah, because they're trying to crack codes and stuff. Uh-huh. And also, oh. like, they're really smart. 
Yeah, I definitely see that. <laughs> now, that's different to study so hard and someone just get it. I definitely see that. And it's difficult, really. So that makes a lot of sense. And definitely, like, that would just scare me so much. And that's, like, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, that's somebody could, like, hack your computer and get all your personal information and all that. It's like, ah! Now, what was your favorite scene? Well, I didn't, well, I guess my favorite scene would be at the beginning when he was getting ready to leave. Well, actually, it was pretty sad. But, well, that was one of my favorite scenes. But I guess he decided to leave India and travel to England. And I feel like that was my favorite scene just because it was like, of course, it was sad because he had to leave his wife and his mother. But it was him getting this opportunity that was like really bigger and it really could shape his life forever. So I, f- I feel like it was like hope for him. I could actually get some more. Yeah. Oh, since since you said it took place over there, I was like, oh, do you want a cup of tea? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't actually remember. I, I don't know. Oh, well, that's okay. I mean, sometimes I hide it very well. Maybe. Like maybe. Trying to think. I don't know. Anyway, math is a different language. So, did you, like, understand it, or was like, a bit too difficult for you to understand? Well, they didn't really go into that much detail about what the formulas actually were. So I feel like even the people who are like super crazy at math maybe wouldn't have understood just because they didn't give you enough information to understand. But if they did, I still wouldn't have understood it. (laughs) So what was the main storyline? What was the plot? Well, the plot was about this guy named Srinivasa Ramanujan, played by Dev Patel, who is 25, and he lives in India, and he was recently married. And then, like I said, he was an exceptional mathematician who receives mathematical formulas intellectually. And then he decides to send in his work to some of the professors at Trinity College. And Dr. Hardy, played by Jeremy Irons, was very impressed. And so he was just like, oh, well, please, like, we'll send you to England to come to our college because of his formulas. So he went over there and, well, Dr. Hardy said that no one would be able to publish his, um, his formulas without proof. But Ramanujan said that it just comes to him and... I guess at the very beginning, Ramanujan and Mr. Hardy were not very close, but towards the end, they were getting closer and closer as, like, friends. And at the very end, they had a very strong relationship. And I just really enjoyed this film because it was a really interesting film about math. And it's a true story, too. Okay, well, what would you say the age range for this would be? I would say the age range would be 12 and up because it may be a little hard for some audiences, for some younger audiences to follow. And also it may just be a little like boring just because they may not understand everything in this movie. But I feel like if you are older than or you're like 12 or up, then you should watch this movie because to be educated about this very inspirational movie. That makes sense. And how many stars would you give it out of five? Well, I would definitely give this film a 5 out of 5 stars because it is so entertaining and it has a very good plot. Okay, well, thank you so much for talking to me. I had a great time talking to you, so thank you so much. Thank you.
Thanks so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Watch our latest video reviews of new film DVD releases and learn how you can become a Kids First film critic. Go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our blog in the teens section of Huffington Post. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media on the Voice America Kids Network. Today's show is sponsored by Mac and Moxie, uh, brought to you by End Circle Entertainment. Thanks so much. This was me, Morgan Brian Birch. See you next time on Kids First. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week. <laughs>